the Korean Thrive Podcast, episode 93, How to Successfully Combine Art and Design with Annie Everingham. I'm Jess Van Den, and this is the Korean Thrive Podcast. A former school teacher, I turned my handmade hobby into a thriving business, and I also teach other creatives how to do the same. My goal is to help you learn how to turn your creative hobby into a thriving, profitable business. So let's get learning. Hey Thrivers, Jess here. Welcome to another episode of the Create and Thrive podcast. As you can probably hear, thankfully I am on the mend and I'm mostly over my uh, lovely sinus infection I had last week that put a spanner in the works. So uh, I'm very happy to bring you an interview this week. And uh, I'm back to work. I had <laughs> I had all these plans when I got home from Japan last Tuesday to, you know, get back into it. You know, I had it like a day off and then dive back into work because I'd had a few weeks off and then I got sick and I was in bed for, <laughs> for a few days. So now it's a new week. Uh, it's Monday as I record this um, intro and I'm ready to go and, and make stuff happen. So it's a good feeling to feel well again and to have a bit of energy back. So this week's all about getting a few podcasts recorded, getting some new people, exciting people on to interview, uh, doing the next workshop for the Thriver Circle and uh, getting back into business. Uh, we opened up the jewelry business on Friday and we have uh, a whole bunch <laughs> of orders that have come in over the weekend. So Nick's going to be busy straight away as well, which is is awesome. It's lovely to um, have all those orders come through. And just, you know, for those of you who do have you know, online businesses and you sort of have that fear of, oh my God, if I close my Etsy shop for a while, what's going to happen? People come back. You know, if you've already built up, um, if you've built up traffic and you've built up a customer base, people come back. So don't, don't worry about it. It's all good. We've done it so many times now, you know, we've been closed for months on end at some times and the the business always picks up again. Uh, you know, once you've gotten that to that point where things are rolling. So that's really wonderful. Uh, good. It's really been lovely to see um, those orders come through on Etsy and our website. So we're going to be busy bees this week. And part of that, uh, like I said, was doing some interviews. And I have this interview for you today with the lovely Annie Everingham. Uh, she's a Newcastle-based multidisciplinary contemporary artist and a creative freelancer. Uh, she does beautiful uh, custom and one-off artworks and she also uh, turns those artworks into prints and uh, puts them on fabric and all sorts of stuff so I found I can't remember how I found her but when I did I was really struck by her beautiful work Um, I'm a big fan of abstract art myself and um, that's kind of what she does is this beautiful bright you know it really appeals to my sensibilities but also her business sense and the the range of products that she makes out of her art. And so I wanted to bring her on the show so she could share that journey and how she's reached that point, you know, working for herself full time, young woman, 27 years old, um, you know, and she'd been building her business since she finished uni and she's doing really well. So I was really excited to get her on the show uh, to share her process and thoughts um, and her business background and what, what works for her. So especially for any artists out there, but you know, this will work for any creative. There's some really great tips in this episode 
for anybody and I really enjoyed it we had a really nice time recording it so I hope you enjoyed this episode uh, with Annie Everingham and do go check out her work it is lovely so let's get started with this interview hi Annie welcome to the show hi Jess thanks for having me Uh, what's the weather like down in Newcastle today um, it's beautiful and sunny, actually, and a bit cooler, which has been nice. Oh. So I'm looking forward to autumn at the moment. <laughs> autumn is my favourite season. I'm re- Isn't it nice? I know. Yeah. Summer, summer's too hot, especially up here in Queensland. So. Yeah, I was going to say, it must be warm up that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a lovely blue sky day that you're coming to us, which is appropriate because looking at your beautiful work, there's a lot of – it makes me feel – blue and happy and you know open I don't know I'm not a very good art critic (laughs) but I know that's the the general feedback I get so yeah (laughs) but I know what I like and I like your stuff so that's that's pretty much as far as I can get but um everyone listening is like what are you talking about Jess so before we get into the details could you please just introduce yourself uh let us know who you are what you do and a little bit of the journey that's gotten you to this point so far Sure. So um, my name's Annie and I run my own sort of art and lifestyles business, um, which has sort of grown and evolved over the past few years into what I guess it is now. Um, So basically, I have a background in design. I studied fashion and textiles um, at UTS in Sydney, um, but really couldn't find my feet in sort of the technical sort of fashion process um, and really lean more towards the artistic side. Mm-hmm. Um, and I experimented a lot at uni with uh, textiles and hand painting and transferring that onto garments and fabrics, um, which led me to sort of find my nose back to that um, the art process, I guess, um, which was something that I did a lot growing up. Just I drew, I painted and, and made things sort of growing up all the time um, and just sort of wasn't sure where to, to put that energy into career-wise. So I sort of um, developed my business slowly. I, I finished uni and I was feeling a little bit directionless. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started just selling some of the, the artworks I'd created to have printed onto fabrics as art prints, just yeah. at markets and things. Um, and yeah, I had a really, had a really strong um, response to that. I guess sort of going back to what you said about, about the mood that I sort of um, evoke in my work is the general feedback was that, yeah, people really responded to the colours and, and it was something really fresh um, at the time. And yeah, so going forward from that, um, I started to pick up clients um, who wanted to buy my original works. Um, so I started going bigger and painting canvases and, and things like that. And, and yeah, the process sort of evolved into um, becoming sort of a, a namesake brand, I guess, in a way, and using my, my artwork and transferring that onto a range of sort of products. So greeting cards and paper goods, um, gift wrap, tags, um, and then and yeah, selling, selling art prints um, as a sort of lower price point mm, and then also yeah. moving up to that higher end and painting commission pieces for clients. So it sort of um, evolved into something that fits into the interiors world, um, not so much the art scene. That mm-hmm. I, I consider my work um, fairly commercial in a sense but um, I've just sort of, it's just something I've fell into. So <laughs> I guess, yeah, I guess that design background has, has pushed my art practice into sort of a more design focus if that makes sense yeah and that's one of the things I noticed when I stumbled across you which I can't remember how I did but 
the fact that you have that enormous range of products like you know you do you do the big you know the big expensive paintings you know the yeah. one-offs and then you you know take it down limited edition prints and then take it down to other prints and then you take it down another step and put it into yeah. you know fabric and homewares and cards so you've got this enormous product range of price points from you know very affordable to collector um which really struck me as excellent because so many people get stuck at one end or the other yeah uh, and they they kind of are a little bit I think afraid to maybe I've heard artists say I'm afraid to devalue my work by putting it on cards and things like that absolutely yeah so do you think having that business design background brain kind of helped you with that I think so I think I mean I I owe some of that to my partner he's the business brains behind sort of what I do and operates um, a lot of the business side of things for me. Um, he's got a commerce background and it was actually him in the beginning when I was feeling that sort of lack of direction who said, you know, why don't you just put it on a website and mm. see sort of who responds to it. And so I did start in that lower bracket, um, which, you know, I had I had no sort of business plan. I wasn't going into it thinking what market can I tackle. Yeah. I was really just creating things that I would want to buy for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I think it just was opportunity that um, led me to sort of having those more sort of high-end collector pieces being sold because I just had the response there from mm-hmm. those people. Um, so I guess you could say, yeah, that the approach that I've taken has has been more or less an accident but it's just working mm. um and I think like even throughout uni I was sort of um told by a lot of my teachers and things that I had I did have quite a diversity and I moved across um disciplines pretty well and I always was sort of experimenting and trying new things so I think it's only natural that in my business like the model that I've sort of taken on has been to create one sort of brand um, and transfer sort of my interests and my skills across those different areas, so fashion, textiles, art, mm. etc. Yeah, because all those things really inspire my, my work. Mm. So it's it's nice to be able to move across them all. Yeah, and I think that's a real strength um, that ability to be flexible. And uh, like a lot of people I talk to and uh, students I have, they you know we talk about having a, a micro niche or a niche of your products, you know, and a mm. lot of people get caught up in the idea that that has to be a particular product like you know a yeah. particular piece of jewelry or type of jewelry for me I'm a jeweler so that's what I think of but for you you know you have a niche but it's your artwork and you've just you've taken that and put it on so many different products or you know made it available in so many different ways so that it's accessible to everybody um, right. yeah. at, at every level which I think is really really great because no matter who finds you you know what it, wherever they're at they can have a piece of your work if they want to yeah, and I think that, um, I mean, th- me as a consumer, that's something that, like, I respond to because, you know, if there's something, I'm not of the age where I can buy a huge original artwork from someone, you know, like Emily Ferretti who I would die to have a painting <laughs> in my house, but, you know, I'm 27 and, and, you know, saving to buy my first house and things like that, like, it's just not it's just not doable for me at the moment. So it's, it is nice to, you know, have people that you follow and, and really, you know, are inspired by and have a means of having a piece of their work sort of in your world. I think it's a nice thing to be able to do that. And in some some cases people look at that and think, you know, you're a sellout or it's, mm. you know, you're a bit, you know, leaning towards, you know, that more consumeristic side of things. Um, mm. And there's always that debate between, 
you know, what is art and, and that sort of thing. And I, and I come up against that a lot, but that's just, <laughs> that just comes with the territory, I guess. Yeah, definitely. And I, um, that, you know, that clash in the, in the creative world or the, the art world, especially obviously, even in the craft world between what is art and what is design. Yes. Um, and the way I always think about it is art is, art exists to kind of create an emotion or to move you or to tell a story or something, whereas design has a purpose. Yeah, you know, absolutely. D- design, it solves the problem. Yeah, it solves the problem. It's it's the pillow that matches your couch. It's the painting that fits in your room decor, you know, so that's yeah. the difference to me. But I don't – myself not being in the art world, I, I don't see – why that's not as valuable you know I think that's so yeah. totally valuable because it's it's there in your life every day and you can you can cherish it absolutely and I think yeah I very much consider myself a slashy like I'm a slash mm. designer I'm a slash artist and it, I do I had this conversation with my partner the other day I think we went to like a family event and people you know like extended family and people you don't know too well always ask you like so what do you do and it is a really hard thing to explain to people yeah Um, and I I still struggle with that but I think like for me I just have this love across the board of design of art I know it's value in both and I don't have a problem with applying my sort of my passion for both of those areas into one business model Mm, that's great so Another thing that struck me when I read your uh, bio and your about page is the fact that you do have a business partner. You, your partner is also your business partner. Yeah. A- and it sounds like it's been that way kind of almost from the beginning. Uh, yeah. c- could you just share a little bit about how that's uh, worked and what influence you think it's had on the success of your business so far? Um, well, I guess like mutual admiration for one thing, <laughs> like we're very different like, and that's kind of, kind of how we work as a couple, I suppose. Like we we're certainly a case of opposites attract. I'm like the crazy creative flyaway airy fairy person and he's super analytical, logical, practical. You know, he has been running a business for his family for, you know, the past eight years or so and Mm -hmm. done that, executed that from a young age really well. He's just a great operator. Um, And so he's sort of just the, uh, the cog in the machine, I guess, that keeps me moving forward. Like I have all these ideas and he knows how to, help them make a reality or helps me sort of rein it in if I do sort of get carried away. So I guess like people like must think we're crazy because we work in the same location <laughs> every day. We live together. We go out for dinner and chat business. Um, and it can be intense. Like it's not for everyone, but mm-hmm. we just work really well as a team um, and bring to the table, you know, things that complement the other. So I think it, it just it just works. It, mm. I don't know how, but we got lucky. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I'm in the same situation. You know, my husband and I, same thing. Yeah, work together, live together. Um, you know, for for years we literally worked in the same room. Now we have separate offices and a separate yep. jewelry studio, which is like mind blowing. Yeah, that <laughs> but but the same thing. You know, we'll like lie in bed at night and start talking about the the business, and you know, ideas will pop into my head, and it's someone. Yeah. You know, he understands and he he can help me. Uh, like you said, kind of narrow down the right idea or decide on the right ideas or you know you have so many possibilities that it can be a bit overwhelming and I think people who have a creative business because you know being creative people you're always thinking of new things and you know exciting stuff having someone you can share that with and who can help you kind of make those decisions and be that sounding board I think is really powerful because you can get stuck in your own head and then you get paralyzed because you don't know which way to go 
Absolutely. And I think too, obviously you would know being a creative, it's so easy to have that that gnawing self-doubt all Mm. the time, which can be really paralyzing, like you said, but not the fact that he's sort of championing me in every move. Like sometimes he says, don't be silly. But (laughs) I think, yeah, like you said, a sounding board is really, really really helpful and it also helps to have someone that you feel super comfortable with that you you know when things don't go great Mm. you can fight it out and and be honest and lay things on the table I think if I was doing a business with a friend or something else like that it would it would be it would be trickier because you can't sort of hash it out when things don't go smoothly you know yeah definitely you need to have that that foundation of trust in each other that yeah. you can be honest when things aren't going well for some reason or, or someone's made a mistake or something, you know, something's happened. Absolutely. You can actually, you know, approach the other person and go, Hey, how can we fix this? Or how can we move past this? So yeah, that is definitely very important. Um, but I think it's heartening for people to hear that it can be done. You know, you, you can actually successfully run a business with your partner. <laughs> yeah, and it's fun. Like, it I is. really like it. Like, we just spent three days in Sydney, you know, had a meeting. We went to the trade, like, the trade fairs, and, and it was lovely. And we, you know, we were there for work, but it didn't feel like work. And mm. I think that's, you know, for a creative person, that's really nice because you are doing something that you're passionate about and the thought of turning that into a day job can sometimes be a little bit daunting because you think, will that, will that take the spark out of it for me? But yeah, it's nice to have another person to share it with. And he has a job, another job full time and he sort of just comes in and helps me with some of the smaller bits that Mm. I need help with. And yeah, it works out that way. Yeah, that's awesome. So, um, you know, it's uh, what, what struck me when I saw your site is it looks really beautifully put together. Um, and, you know, you look like you're doing really well, but I'm sure there's been challenges along the way. Um, Absolutely. Do you have like, what's kind of the biggest challenge you feel like you've overcome so far in your business journey? Well, um, taking it, taking it on full time was definitely the first big challenge. Um, I worked, I started the business straight out of uni and had to, you know, work several jobs for a couple of years um, while it was sort of slowly growing. And Mm. Uh, even at that stage, I probably never dreamt that I could do it full time, but it became quite busy really quickly. So juggling both of those things, putting my energy into something that I cared so much about and then trying to face work every day and, you know, um, and have that same level of energy to inject into someone else's business was really draining. And, um, then deciding to take that leap and take it full time, I was sort of met with this huge, you know, a uh, barrier of people who are saying, you know, what, what are you sure? Like, how are you going to survive? And you sort of, you do get a sense of wondering if like people are expecting you to fail and if you can actually, you know, prove all those people wrong. Yeah. And, and that's just your own insecurity facing that. But I found that really tough to overcome. Like I do have a lot of anxiety about what people think of me and, you know, it was a big decision. Um, and one that like I was fully I was fully supported by in terms of my family and close friends, but there was there was that sort of scepticism, I guess, early on, and, and I felt the pressure. I felt mm. that huge pressure and, and a weight on me to sort of prove everyone wrong. Um, and I guess obviously it, it's not a specific challenge, but obviously it's a challenge to sit down and have foresight to like map out 12 months and be like, okay, how am I going to keep this income coming in? Mm. How am I going to be wise with my time and and plan forward and you've always sort of got to be one step ahead of things and and anticipating you know what what you can do to keep things churning along 
Um, and that's always a scary thing. Like you, there's definitely like self-doubt and worrying about what might happen is 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 deadly and it's inevitable in, in a lot of cases because you are taking a risk. Mm. Yeah, you definitely are. And I think it's important to acknowledge that, that, yeah, it could fail and, and things could go wrong <laughs> and things will go wrong, obviously. Yeah. But the, the, the key, I guess, is to have enough confidence in yourself and your work and your ability to overcome those failures or challenges and move past them and figure out a way around them. So I think yeah. if, if you've got that faith and, you know, having the support of close family and friends is extremely useful or, you know, colleagues, someone who understands and can kind of support you is very, very useful. Um, so I, I just forgot to ask this earlier, but I'm curious, how do you, uh, via what venues do you sell your work at the moment? So, um, well, depending on what the actual products are, the higher end products I'm selling through um, Fenton and Fenton in Melbourne, which is um, a big, pretty big player in the, in the um, interiors world down there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Jumbled, which is another store in Orange in New South Wales, um, who likewise is, you know, a store that um, is operated by a very, very clever lady. Like they, they have been monumental in sort of helping me get my name out there and have a large following, um, on social media, et cetera. So, um, that's been, that's been really great for me, um, having those two massive stores. And then I have a whole lot of other small stores who, um, keep things churning and they stock my products in their stores. And obviously they have their own followings of people. So, um, yeah, that's, it's been really nice to work with some of those stores who are people I've, you know, followed on Instagram for a long time and looked up looked up to for mm-hmm. a long time so do you also sell via market still or via your website i did in the early days yeah so i i channel a lot of sales through my own online platform mm-hmm. um but i sort of did the markets earlier on when i was starting out and they were great because i sort of reached out to the newcastle scene which is quite a creative scene and people mm-hmm. were very embracing of what i was doing in the beginning which was really exciting um, not so much now, only purely because of the time factor. Like yep. I, yeah, I, I have committed myself to these bigger stores and churn out work for them um, and have all these other little side projects on the go. So it's more a matter of um, just time. I don't have that extra sort of flexibility to – and markets are markets can be a lot of work, I'm sure oh, lots yeah. of creatives know. Set <laughs> <laughs> up and, and preparing all my stock and stuff um, – it, it required a lot of hands-on help from friends and things like that as well sometimes. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I stopped doing markets a few years ago for the same reason. Yeah, I think everyone gets to a point where if you've got enough sort of income to get by without them, then it's worth like looking at other channels, I guess. Mm. And, I, and I did do up my website a few months ago and sort of shifted my focus more towards that so that I could I – could, pump some more sales through that way and and it works Mm. if you if you give it time and you um put the work into it like it definitely pays off yeah definitely so uh, what would you say has been i call it the fist pump moment the most successful or exciting moment for you so far in your business something that stands out um i think i'd have to say uh last year when i was invited to exhibit in the winter group show at fenton fenton down in melbourne um they were sort of a store that I'd followed for years and years and years. Um, they were sort of the, for me, the holy grail of my sort of little world. Um, and I was invited to exhibit in this exhibition alongside 
four other artists who I knew of and loved. Um, and to be included in that sort of lineup mm. was a very surreal experience <laughs> for me. I felt, I felt almost like it was a bit of a dream. Um, and it really did sort of, it, it did elevate me onto sort of a, a higher platform, if you will. Mm-hmm. I think it sort of made a lot of other people see me as, you know, one of them, which for me is still fairly surreal. So I'd have to say, yeah, that invitation was pretty exciting. Um, it was really stressful and took a lot of time and money to sort of get myself, you know, I had 20 paintings or something shipped to Melbourne and wow. framed. Yeah, it was a big it was a big couple of months, but it was really exciting and um, yeah, it definitely paid off. That's awesome. That sounds so exciting. Yeah, it's like the pinnacle of of that part of your career so far. Yeah, it was a real it was a real pinch me moment, I think. <laughs> Did they have like an opening you had to go to? And yeah, stuff? like massive massive swanky soiree down in Melbourne and I had lots of friends come down it was a really fun weekend and um it was just I was yeah I was really buzzing that night I think we went out for a couple of beers and some Mexican and I was ready to party all night and then I got there and sort of just collapsed because I just had been so busy building up to it and just the exhaustion hit me in a way but it was just a really great feeling it was yeah real buzz that sounds so cool um, so with kind of going forward, are there, do you have sort of plans in your head of the things you want to achieve? Uh, or if, are you kind of, have you reached a point where you're sort of in a, not a holding pattern, but sort of reached that plateau of things are going well, I'm just going to keep this going for now. Or is there another kind of step, something for, that you want to reach for? Um, there is, and it's been sort of one of those situations where what I'm doing now is working and I want to keep keep that going but there's as a creative you know there's always other projects that you want to sink your teeth into so Mm -hmm. the next sort of big thing I'd love to get into would be um sort of expanding the lifestyle product area of my brand so I've I'll always love painting and I'll continue to do that forever I hope but it would be great while I've got the time you know before I've had a family and that sort of thing to just start um, working on sort of some more textiles-based products. So my dream has always been to travel India and I've, I'm yet mm-hmm. to get there. But um, I've sort of made some contacts over there in terms of manufacturing and that sort of stuff is is pretty daunting, like the manufacturing side mm-hmm. of things. And that's pro- probably been why I've held off tackling that um, that next stage of my business yet. But I think... I think that's where I'm, I'm wanting to go. Even it doesn't have to be this huge undertaking, but just to give it a try. Like my, my sort of motto up until this point has just been to give everything a go and see how it goes and, and see what works. And if it doesn't work, then try something else. So yeah. I think that would be where I'd be heading over the next couple of years. Awesome. That sounds exciting. And do you have like um – a person like whenever I think of like the most successful crafter I've ever, I can ever think of, I think, um, you know, of certain people, have you got someone in mind who you kind of look up to as a textile designer or an artist who does sort of what you do? Yeah. There's a, there's a, um, a lady who sort of is within my realm, I guess, um, called Emma Klein and she has a business called Lumia Art and Co. Um, and I find her really inspirational because she, she really has her hand across the board on a range of products. 
Um, so we have like really different styles creatively, but she, you know, she sells paintings and she sells lots of text like hand dyed and hand printed textiles and cushions and throws and bed linen, like across the board, like she's, she's just got this whole range of products and, um, everything has, you know, such a beautiful aesthetic to it. Um, and she's really created a, a following of people that just love everything she does. And I think you can tell that there's such an authenticity in her creative process. There's, mm. It's not like she's churning out work to make money. Like she's a, she's a craft, like, a, like she, you know, she, she's an artist and mm. she has created this whole business, which is just change changes and you know it's very dynamic so I think yeah I think going forward I would love to just expand and and emulate something like that something that's still true to my sort of style and and the passion that I have for what I do um but it it changes and it shifts depending on whatever projects I want to work on yeah so it's kind of dynamic and flexible yeah Mm. absolutely so, you know, you now run your business full time. Uh, I assume you, you uh, from memory, you work from home. So like, how do you balance your work with the rest of your life? Uh, you know, what does a typical sort of day look like for you? Well, I was working from home and I found it a little bit, um, a little bit tough only because I didn't have the space to sort of spread out. So mm. I actually moved into um, a warehouse space or a section of the warehouse from where my partner operates his business. So he's got two sort of shed warehouse spaces um, in an industrial state. So there's nothing really that aesthetic about where <laughs> I am. Um, I'm looking out on, you know, some corporate offices and things at the moment. But I have this nice little nook up here with lots of sun and this is where I sort of spread out and I can paint and make a mess on the floor. Um, and then I have another area of his workplace where I pack and send like dispatch orders and wrap my paintings and things like that. Mm-hmm. So. I found that to be really great for my mindset, being able to get up in the morning, go to work. Um, I I roughly stick to like a nine to five Monday to Friday work week, but I really sort of honed my schedule over the last year or so to sort of figure out what works for me. Um, and I nutted out that I'm just not I'm just not like productive in the mornings. Mm. So I sort of take my mornings pretty slow. I love I love the ritual of going to get a coffee and like chatting to the barista and maybe picking up flowers or whatever I feel I need to do to sort of get my myself in that creative space. And then I sort of potter about, clean up my studio, and really kick into gear sort of after ten. So mm-hmm. that's sort of where I where I'm at. And if I have to do stuff on the weekends, it's it happens. But um, you know, I love what I do. So. It's not a huge strain. I think it is important to have that balance though. Like I'm someone that burns out easy and I carry a lot of stress. So I think that like at the moment the the routine that I've worked out for myself is really working because I give myself that that sort of space to breathe Mm. in the morning um, and really crank it after lunch. Yeah, I think that's really like when you do work for yourself, I think it's really important to understand your own rhythms and sort of break out of the tradition. I think if you've worked in – a traditional job, you kind of have this idea that you have to be working by nine o'clock in the morning. Um, you have to work till five o'clock. And it, for those of us, I'm the same as you. I, I, my brain just does not work well before about 10 AM in the morning. Um, and if I force myself to work early, it's just, it's just useless. I just feel awful. And I feel like I'm wasting time because I'm, I just can't focus. So I think that's exactly right. Like finding your rhythm. I think that's Mm -hmm. a really great way to 
phrase it. Like that's that's certainly what I've sort of been working on um, personally over the past couple of months. And you do have that sense of guilt when you have your own business. I think that you need to be working all the time. Like you, you know, there's yeah. unanswered emails when you get home and and things like that. But I early on, I sort of made a commitment to myself to sort of try and limit my time on the emails after five or whenever it was that I felt like I'd stopped working for the day. Mm. And I think sometimes people think that, you know, you should be available at all times of the day if you've got your own business. But I just sort of set those boundaries and and make sure that I'm not taking on too much because you do burn out and you're Mm. trying to be so many different roles in, in one person. So it's important to sort of just find what works for you. Yeah, absolutely. And you have to take care of yourself first and take care of everyone else next because if you're just constantly trying to, you know, take care of everybody else all the time, you just won't have any time for yourself and you will burn out. So absolutely, and then everything yeah. will go pear-shaped. <laughs> <laughs> As it does, yeah. yeah. And burnouts like are inevitable, I think, every yeah. creative and especially because creative people are sort of you're running on 100% a lot of the time um, and you're using up a lot of energy. So it's it's inevitable sometimes. So I think it helps to give yourself a little bit of self-care and love and, and find what, what works for you. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, if you're the sort of person who gets up at 4 a.m. and that's your best time, do that. And then, you know, oh, finish I wish work I was by midday. Yeah. I, know. <laughs> I, I wish I could do that. <laughs> I wish I was a morning person too, but it's just yeah. not. It's genetic. I learned about it when I was doing science and that made me feel so much better. Yeah, cool. That's good to know. Okay. You're genetically a lark or an owl. Like, you know, you're either a morning person or an evening person. And you can, you can sort of make yourself be the opposite, but you'll never be as, you know, energized because you're fighting your natural rhythm. So it's best to go with your natural rhythm and make, you know, the beautiful thing about having your own business is you can just make it work for you and put it in the hours that work for you. So don't feel like you have to fit in that mold of the nine to five. Well, we can't argue with science, so I'm really happy to hear that. (laughs) Excellent. Good to know. So, um, now let's talk something very important, which is marketing. Uh, what would you say has been the best marketing move or strategy that you've used for your business? Instagram is where mm. it's at for me. So um, I can't say that like I have anything strategic in place, but I started my Instagram actually way back in uni in the last year of my degree. Um, we had to do it for an assignment. We had to sort of start up these social media platforms and mm-hmm. Um, market our own brand, if you will. So we set up a, sort of a blog, a website, and an Instagram account. And I just started um, documenting my process in pictures and made made sure the images were, you know, well curated mm. and and looked nice. I didn't use professional camera or anything, but you know, curating images has always been just a hobby of mine. Being an artistic person, I guess I get a real thrill out of doing that. So that was sort of where I started my account, and I started getting a small following just from posting my process and and nice images of what I was up to. Um, And I think there's something really nice about the immediacy of Instagram. Like Mm. it's really cool. I know for me a lot of the creatives that I follow, like I love seeing what they've done in a day and seeing how work sort of develops over time and little snippets of sort of the background to what they do because it's it's so much – it's just we're, you know, we're so voyeuristic. It's nice to get that insight. (laughs) So – I, I found that just being really authentic and organic with my Instagram, like I don't 
you know, do sponsored posts. I don't mm. do any of that stuff, which works for a lot of people. Like I, I don't, I don't turn my nose up at that at all because I think there are so many ways that you can use digital media um, to to grow your brand, and I think it's great. Um, I've just found that the sort of market that I've I've found myself in really responds to seeing how things are done in my creative little world and and sharing that with them and and building those authentic relationships with retailers and other creatives in that sort of little community has been um, really, really important to my business growth. That's awesome. Yeah, I think I love the I love to hear that in your course they like made you do all that stuff because it's so important. Yeah. Like so important. It is. And at the time we were all like whinging about it, like, <laughs> oh this sucks, like we don't need to do this. And it was probably the most useful thing I actually did that year. I think um, out of anything I learned in that in my sort of final year was was that because I started that Instagram account mm. and it's the same account, like if if anyone wanted to scroll back in, you know, four years, five years worth of posts, <laughs> um, you would see my little embarrassing like uni projects. So, yeah, it's been it's been a pretty fun little adventure on that's, Instagram. That's great. Um, do you use other social media at all, or is that kind of it for you? I do use um, I use Facebook, but mm-hmm. for me, I found that doesn't work as well. I think just because what I do is so colorful and visual um mm. that's where people respond to just having having that sort of come up on their feed i find facebook a little bit more laborious so i tend to just push whatever i'm sharing on instagram out onto my facebook page and it's yes. got a much smaller following than instagram so i think it's just a matter of you know what what your industry is and what mm. your product is and that sort of thing um and what works for that for that business model do you use pinterest at all Oh, yeah, and I was going to say, like, that's, yeah. I mean, I don't use Pinterest for other people. I don't Mm. necessarily um, network that much with others on there, but I use it every day. I've actually got it open on my screen right now, and I'm (laughs) looking at it. I have so many boards, so if anyone wants to look me up, like, feel free because (laughs) you'll just, yeah, you'll have an endless supply of images. I I love collecting images. That's just what makes my brain tick away. So, yeah, I love Pinterest, and I love, you know, following the the creative, the you know the creative work of other people as well it's nice Mm. to see people put images together yeah definitely I love Pinterest for that reason as well it's really inspiring the best I can't believe like when I discovered it I was like where have I been I think I (laughs) found in my last year of uni and it just opened up this whole other world to me you don't have to like cut out pictures from magazines so much no (laughs) (laughs) the old-fashioned way yeah, it's which kind is of still nice to do, by the way. I still do mm. that, but it's nice to have that constant like feed to to have on hand and connect with. Yeah, yeah. So, do you have uh, one piece of advice you'd like to give fellow creatives about running a successful business? Um, I guess sort of my motto, and it's very simplistic. So, you know. I could come up with something deeper, but honestly, like in the early days, I just kept telling myself to be really brave. I had this little thing stuck on my wall since uni that said, be brave. And I think, um, yeah, like people that know me really intimately know that I'm a bag of nerves. Like I'm constantly (laughs) like, I'm just hardwired to be a nervous person. And they see this other side to me when I'm in my work and, you know, really um, just backing yourself and being able to sort of say this is what I do and I'm still learning and I'm not perfect but you know I love what I do and I really want to share it with everyone and that's just sort of what I I try and 
remind myself that I'm I'm doing this for myself and to share it with the world and just believe in in your vision and if people like it they like it like that's just an extra bonus I think so mm-hmm. yeah I just sort of my advice to to people starting a business would be just to back yourself and to believe in what you have to offer to the world because that's what being a creative is about is you know mm. sharing your vision with the world and making the world a more beautiful place really love it let's be brave I like that very much <laughs> so I think we touched on this a little bit earlier but um do you have sort of a vision of where you might be in five years time ten years time like down the track um I have lots of dreams of you know a big home studio um I love to like collaborate with other makers and creatives. I think collaboration is a massive thing for, you know, our industry going forward, you know, mm. lots of there's so much potential for different brands to work together and as we sort of touched on earlier, you know, my art can be applied to so many different products and and things like that. So I'm I mean, I don't have anything specific in mind, but I mm. would just love to keep following, you know, following my nose and connecting with other creative people who are doing really cool things and just seeing where the journey takes me because so far it's all been pretty unexpected and I've just sort of gone with the flow a little bit and <laughs> and it's working out. I mean, having said that, you know, I do have dreams of like a massive studio space, maybe a retail space. I love teaching workshops. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to renovating my first house and, and getting into the sort of the more styling side of things and and there's all that all that potential. So I guess, yeah, I guess I'll have to just wait and see where it goes. But it's, yeah, it's been pretty fulfilling so far. So hopefully it gets better from here on out. <laughs> I'm sure it will. And I love that. I love that perspective of, you know, just giving, just going for it, having sort of a plan, but not being um, a slave to that. And, and not being disappointed when that mm. plan does come into fruition, I think, too, is, is a big is a big part of it. Like I, yeah, I sort of learned that a lot from Chris in, you know, when things go wrong, he kind of says, well, oh, well, like yeah. nothing you can do about it and <laughs> let's let's keep rolling on and you've just got to keep, yeah, you've just got to keep those wheels turning, I think. Mm, that's awesome. Um, so thank you so much for coming on the show. I've really enjoyed talking to you. I'm so glad we managed to get a time so you could share your story, which is super inspiring. And I think people really relate to it and enjoy this episode. So if they want to check out your beautiful work, where can they find you? So my website is just my name, which is www.annieeveringham.com. And my Instagram handle is at Annie Everingham. So both just my name, easy to find. <laughs> easy peasy. And yeah. um, we'll put links to all of that in our show notes as well. So that's easy for people to find. Uh, I have to say I'm coveting something of your, like I, I really want one of your pieces in my house. So, Oh, thank I'm, you. I'm it gonna... still is so weird to me when people say that. Like <laughs> the thought of my stuff being on walls around Australia is still something that is so weird to me. But thank you. <laughs> I'm just, I'm going to be stalking your website and I, I'll, I'll just, you know, I've, I've seen a few pieces I've liked and I'm like, mm, I'll wait for that the piece that just goes that has to be mine so thank you (laughs) thank you so much annie it's been awesome chatting to you have a lovely rest of your day and uh thank you everybody for listening i hope you enjoyed this episode thanks jess bye remember if you want to check out annie's work head over to her website annieeveringham.com 
and her Instagram at Annie Abringham. There are the links are on the website. So createandthrive.com. Look for episode 93 of the podcast and you will get the links to check out her work there. Uh, I'll share a bit on the Create and Thrive Instagram this uh, week and on the um, Facebook page as well. If you enjoyed this episode, please, uh, I would really, really appreciate it if you would leave a review on your podcast listening uh, platform of choice, whether that be iTunes or elsewhere. Um, reviews are wonderful. Even if you want to email me, if you know that's if if leaving a review somewhere is a bit tricksy, send me an email. Let me know what you thought of this episode or of the podcast in general. I love hearing from you guys. Um, you know, it's really lovely to hear that an episode inspired you or really um, helped you out. So please don't hesitate to get in touch. My email is jess at createandthrive.com and that would be awesome. All right, I'm going to head off and uh, continue on with the rest of my day. I hope you have a lovely morning, afternoon, evening, night, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. And I'll be back again next week with another episode of the Create and Thrive podcast. I'm Jess Van Den and goodbye for now.